This is Mike Bassett, and welcome to Legal Grounds. This past Sunday was Father's Day. For those of you who have listened to our Mother's Day episode, you'll remember me explaining the story of my adoption by Herbie and Jean. If you haven't listened yet, I'd recommend going back to catch up on that narrative, since I won't be retelling it in this episode. But I will briefly say that being the son of a single mother, and later being adopted, meant that I never had a relationship with my birth father. Honestly, I can't say I really even remember him. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to spend the rest of this episode bumming you out. I only share this fact about my life because I think looking through this lens makes the relationship I had with Herbie even more powerful, even more special. You see, I was the youngest of five children by a long shot by the time I came along, Herbie had raised four kids, not one of which was his by birth. His first wife was a widower with two children. When she passed away, Herbie was left to raise them. And when he remarried, he gained another two kids from Jean. And then there was me. I remember him always saying with a loving smirk, I never had any kids, but I got you guys. That he had such a heart is made all the more astonishing by the fact that he left, or rather was left, by his own family at the age of 14. How he recovered from this is still a mystery to me. And like a lot of mysteries, it leaves me with a sense of awe. Back then, there was no playbook for the kind of life he chose. Concepts like a blended family or treaty-length books on balancing the very real emotions that adoption has on families did not exist back then. But true to that generation, Herbie just did. Now to be clear, it wasn't perfect and neither was he. But which of us is? One of the first ways I knew my life was a little bit different aside from the obvious was that everyone called Herbie by his first name. And when I say everyone, I mean it. My brothers and my sisters, all of my friends. And while it may be a little more common today, in the 60s and 70s, you simply just didn't do that. But anyone that knew him always said he possessed some unnameable quality that simply commanded respect. I think this is what allowed him to be so casual, but so unquestionably legit. But in our house, Herbie had another name, the old man. It was a term that was said with both reverence and the lightest touch of teasing. After all, he was 50 when he adopted me. And in many ways, he was a man built of contradictions and the rules of our house were paradoxical to say the least. Herbie would let me drink well before the legal age. He would let my friends and I take firearms out into the desert to shoot rabbits out of a moving truck. But he never let me spend the night at anybody's house. And if I had ever been seen riding a motorcycle, he would have had my ass. Surprise, I didn't always abide by the rules. Like every young man, I had the time in my life where I thought the old man didn't know a damn thing. But the older you get, the smarter your father becomes. And then at a certain point, I think each of us realizes that they were pretty damn smart all along. 
but it wasn't all sunshine and roses. Herbie had a mercurial temper and corporal punishment was never out of the question. Like many in his generation, he was a racist. But that for me is still never an excuse for those beliefs, but it was an explanation. Yet for some reason, I also saw him live his life as an egalitarian. He treated the busboys at the El Paso Country Club the exact same way he did the movers and shakers in El Paso society. And he was the only person I ever saw in the Upper Valley where I grew up that would regularly eat lunch with our local ditch rider, Serafino. The incongruities don't stop there, but I think you get the point. As a father of two grown men, I'd like to think that I passed down more of the positive lessons Herbie instilled in my life, but Lord knows I've made my fair share of mistakes. But I think what makes my relationship with my sons different than mine with the old man is that we can talk about these mistakes openly and honestly. Something I feel is a mixture of luck and humility on the part of all involved. Whether fair or not, I think our society views fatherhood as the easier of the two roles of parenthood. And there are definitely times when that is the case. Liz probably spent more time taking kids in and out of cars than I spent driving to work each day. We were so lucky that my job at that point made it to where she could stay home and take care of the boys, but I never for a minute saw this as anything less than a full-time job. But there are plenty of dads who don't have that luxury, which is something I've been reminded of very recently. A dear, dear friend recently became the sole caretaker of his teenage daughter, after the passing of his ex-wife. I am surprised by the ways in which he has stepped up because frankly, I think this would have steamrolled most of us. Fatherhood has been nothing short of a journey and like any journey, there have been peaks and there have been valleys, moments of celebration and moments of regret. But as time has passed, I'd like to think that the road has leveled out a bit. Unfortunately, this Father's Day was one I had to spend getting ready for trial. But don't worry, I know that later this week I will get to sit down over a meal. I'm thinking Mexican food or maybe a steak and soak up the joy that comes from being a dad. I hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day. Until next week, this is Mike Bassett with Legal Grounds. Be easy, everybody. Legal Grounds was written, recorded, and produced by Dust Devil Press. To learn more about today's guest, and for links to the topics and materials discussed, please check out our show notes. For more information on Mike Bassett, visit thebassettfirm.com. Questions, topic ideas, and guest suggestions can be emailed to legalgrounds at thebassettfirm.com. Legal